Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Hi everyone, we're two girls, we're bored, and this is Suddenly Grown. We're in our last year of college, so if you're in your early 20s, finishing high school, or in college and you just want to vibe, stick around. However, if you're also significantly older and you want to get into the minds of some 20-year-old women, but in a non-creepy way, come ahead and join us. Yeah, so it is October. It is officially Mm -hmm. spooky season. Let's talk about superstitions. Superstitions and like, like, like the cat the black cat yeah like the broken mirror and the black cats why do we do black cats dirty like that i I don't really know what i don't honestly i don't really know what halloween is about because i'm not from the u.s neither of us are we don't celebrate halloween like that in africa i don't think so so Mm -hmm. i have no idea where the black cat thing comes from yeah no but like i feel like with broken mirrors and black cats i feel like there's some things that are just symbols of bad luck across cultures Hmm. Maybe it's a European thing. Maybe they dislike cats or something. Is because like the black cats bring magic, bad luck. Play, yeah, bad luck. I don't know. And then it was I mean, I... through colonization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then that would mean that everywhere that was colonized by the British, technically they would see that as a problem, like the mirrors and the black cats. And I don't think that's the case. No, no. Okay, okay let's talk about the superstitions we do know. The ones we know. All right. So growing up, um, so Cameroonian superstitions are really interesting. The ones I remember from when I was young is when it's sunny and raining. You know, when like it's kind of beautiful, there's a rainbow out, it's light drizzle and the sun is out. Cameroonians believe that an elephant is giving birth at that time. What? <laughs> or, yeah, or that a python is giving birth at the time. And Nigerians believe that a lion is giving birth when the... And I don't know why, but that is definitely a thing that I grew up believing. And so sometimes I'll be like, oh, what outfit is bursting right now? <laughs> and it's just like something that's just ingrained in me. We also have, this is definitely one that my mom told me because the elephant one was my, my aunt. My mom, because there are some superstitions around like respecting elders, right? My mom is like, you don't ever give someone money with your left hand. You always give someone money with your right hand, and mm-hmm. it's, it's considered disrespectful to hand them cash or even a bunch of objects with your uh, left hand. Like I would literally, I remember getting slapped. Like, no, don't do Ooh. that because um, I gave it with like the wrong hand. Interesting. So we Indians don't have anything like that, but there is the superstition um, that I grew up. Like, it's not something that was practiced in my household that my parents. Uh, followed to the key but um 
itchy palms. So like if your right palm is itchy, it means that you're losing money. And if your left palm is itchy, it's like a, it's like fortune telling that you're going to, there's going to be money in your future. Are you for real? Cameroonians believe the same thing. An itchy palm or a twitching eye means money. You're you're getting money soon. Mm -hmm. I don't, I would, where I did that come from? Remember my mom. I don't really know because I re remember my mom. Like she would be sitting there and like she's like my eye, my palm. <laughs> I'm getting some money soon. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I love, I love the ones that are tied to like bodily functions. Like Indians, um, so sneezing is bad luck. Like if you sneeze once as someone's about to leave the house, it's like very, very bad luck. But if you sneeze twice, then it's okay because the bad luck cancels each other out. Oh, so you have to force another sneeze. In <laughs> no, for me, what killed me was the nighttime ones, right? It would be like, okay, so there are just a bunch of rules, right? And it's all for some reason tied to demons and that's what <laughs> at night. So you're not allowed to sleep at night. You too? To, yeah, no, not allowed to sleep at night. We don't believe in that, but I, I do know a lot of families are like, why are you sleeping? Okay, um, my family, so when we lived, um, back when I was in elementary school, we act, my family lived in a townhouse and our neighbors were also Indian. And my family, we're very like, we make a mess. We clean it up before we go to sleep. We don't go to sleep with a messy house, right? We were having, like, anytime we would have, my parents used to be really big on entertaining. Now they're old. But we would, like, have parties, like, every Friday, Saturday. And people, whenever the guests would leave 1, 2 a.m., my like my mom would clean up the kitchen and my dad would vacuum and wipe down all the, sur uh, all the surfaces. And apparently, like, our neighbors, um... We only had like one wall that was shared, but they could like hear us vacuuming. And like the the lady, the auntie like comes up to my mom the next day and she's like, I heard you were vacuuming last night. Aren't you scared that <laughs> bad things are going to happen to you? I'm dead. I heard you were vacuuming last night. Beware. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, like people will literally believe that a portal to hell is going to be open because you decided to sweep the floor after you spilled your cereal. Like, like actually, um, there are some people who believe that when you sleep at night, you won't grow tall. So you're not allowed to stay, <laughs> you'll stay short if you sleep at night. Like, okay, the biggest one in my household was, because we, like, just like yours, your family, we sleep, we clean in the evening. Mm -hmm. I, we, I am not, till this day, allowed to whistle at night. If I whistle at night, my grandma might actually punch me in the face because it is said that it'll bring bad luck and that it'll, it welcomes snakes and like critters of the night. And so we, I'm not allowed to whistle, actually whistle at all. At night, it's even worse. Like whistling, like don't whistle because it's like a snake. I think whistling is just rude and like a, a, a gross thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm doing the few, few or like the, <laughs> or the, you mean the cat call whistle? Whistle. It's like you're whistling a toot. I don't know how to whistle anymore because I've been beaten enough times every time I've tried. My sister but, gets no, yelled at for whistling, but that's just like pure, like, my, I think my parents think it's rude. But I'm okay with it because I don't know how to whistle. So I'm not missing out on anything here. Yeah, no. We don't have it, the whistling just... thing, but we do have, you can't clip your, actually, like, my parents don't follow this, but Indians have a tendency to believe that you can't clip your nails after sunset. Okay, but, like, why are we the same people? 
Like, I, okay, my parents don't do that, but it's like, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. What is it about nails at night? It'd be like, I, the de- it'll open a port of the hell. I don't know, because that's what I feel like everyone. I don't doing. know what bad things are going to happen. I feel like okay. some of these were just like general, like no sweeping at night, no nail clipping. It's like back before there was like light. They were like, oh, you Fair. might hurt yourself. And so okay. it's or, just things parents would tell their kids. Or maybe there's like legitimate cultural practice. No, I feel like it might be a, a point of disciplining your children, right? Because a lot of the mm-hmm. ones that I remember vividly were around nighttime and to get children to be, behave, right? Like there's one about not screaming at night because the devil will steal your voice. And so <laughs> so you weren't allowed to like, you can't whistle because it'll welcome snakes. You can't sweep because you'll be short. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure the sweeping one is like, get cleaning done earlier so that you're not mm-hmm. staying up to clean or something. And then the, the, what was the last one? No screaming. So you don't, you don't bother your parents with your screams in the evening. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's around just disciplining. And so they turned it into some sort of urban legend or myth. But Absolutely. Weird. Also for anyone listening, this is we have done absolutely zero research on this this is just our own experience if anyone has an actual understanding of superstitions and where they come from we would love to hear because i want to understand i think the one superstition that my parents like drilled or actually not my parents my mom drilled into me and i actually like am still hesitant to do now even when i live on my own is I can't wash my hair on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't know what happens, but can't wash my hair unless I absolutely have to on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's something you're just not supposed to do. My mom would never tell me why I'm not allowed to do it. (laughs) Every time I would ask her when I was little, like, why can't I do this? Just because I wanted to know. Like, I wasn't talking back. I just wanted to know. She'd be like, when we were little, we didn't question when our parents told us something. And I just eventually stopped asking. Meaning there is no reason not to wash your hair on TV. And let me guess, you still don't. I still don't because it makes me nervous. Do you what realize is going to happen? I don't know. Come out of the drain. <laughs> Why don't your you whistle? Fall out? I don't know. I I love my hair. We just talked about how I love my hair. I'm not. Nah. I don't need to be messing with any any demon related nothing. <laughs> no. My I'm just gonna not wash my hair on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I remember. When I was a freshman in college, like it was my first time living, like, so two years ago, like it was my first time living on my own. So I would be doing- Three years ago. Three years ago, yes. We are literally- (laughs) We're seniors. Three years ago when we were freshmen. um, I would would wash my hair at night, right? Because it's long and I air dry it. So it takes a while for it to dry. Um, And any time that I was going to wash my hair at night- um, if it was a Tuesday or a Thursday, I would wait until it was right after midnight so that it was technically the next day so I could oh, wash my hair. Rebel. Oh, you're a rebel. Oh, Dad. Did you ever tell your roommates about Did they ever wonder why you had such strange hair, like hair washing patterns? Like, nah, I went to bed super late. So I, it's college. No one. Nah. I really care. I, but something that um, is really interesting in terms of like cautionary uh, things is witchcraft and the not i don't know the the way that we talk about witchcraft in africa like i can't say that i believe in witchcraft but then when you take me back home i believe in it because of like just culture and like as a cautionary measure yeah it would be like 
if you do this, she's, you can't, okay, so there are literally people that we weren't allowed to eat at. If you go to her house, you can't eat her food because she'll poison you. There are certain, like, literally, like, there are certain beliefs that, like, women on their menstrual cycles, you cannot throw the, the pad in the garbage. You have to burn it, burning your hair so that someone doesn't do voodoo with you. Like, I just remember, because, um, and they say that a lot of witchcraft is also done in villages. So when we were in the city and we we're about to go to our, like, our parents' villages, we would actually have to do, like, bathe in holy water. I remember for a whole week, I was washing myself with blessed soap, blessed soap. And I was only, we were only bathing with holy water and, like, lotion was blessed lotion. And I would be like, do I believe in this? I don't know, but I'm not going to risk it. <laughs> Quick question. This is like yeah. just sheer curiosity. Mm-hmm. So you're Catholic. The the yeah. blessed water and the blessed soap. <laughs> do, do you buy that? Like, do people make money from blessing it? Or is it just something so, you take to your priest and have them bless it? So, yeah, you can do that. What we did, we invited the priest to our home. We fed Ooh, him. Ooh, got you. Yeah, you feed the priest. You house the priest. Okay. You, you pay the priest indirectly by, like, taking care of Through hospitality. Yeah, okay. through hospitality and also maybe, like, giving him something for his home or whatever and then he will do a we had a small mass in our home because it's actually for real though it is actually very dangerous from the west from europe or the u.s go back to their home countries because there's a lot of like robbing there's a lot of like a lot of potential poisoning mm-hmm. you hear we hear stories all the time about this guy went home and his ki- his family killed him this guy went oh my home god his, like yeah so it's so people take precautions and witchcraft is something that all across the continent of africa people take seriously i'm curious like even in the eastern countries where there it's like predominantly muslim i really can't speak to it but i feel like it is because i know that in Mozambique, for like further south, mm-hmm. they take witchcraft seriously, and I, okay. I, I would, I, I feel, I feel like they would still take it seriously. I'll ask some mm-hmm. of my Somali friends. I'll ask I'm, some. That's, that's so that interesting. In it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's so interesting because I feel like witchcraft is one of those things where it's, be, it's like it's become a cultural practice. Like maybe it started out as a superstition, but it's like a cultural mm-hmm. practice. Cause I know like in India, there are some superstitions that are literally so prominent that they, are, it's a part of the culture now. Mm-hmm. Like there's a superstition where when you're giving someone money for maybe like a wedding or like if it's like birthday money or something like when you're giving someone a present and the present is money, mm-hmm. you don't give them like a rounded number. Like you won't give someone 500 rupees or you won't give someone like a thousand rupees you would give them a thousand and one or five hundred and one because like that one rupee is supposed to be good luck. Mm-hmm. And that's something that like I think I was like reading somewhere about like someone was um someone was talking about like had made a list of superstitions and I read that on there and I like had never even considered the idea that that could be a superstition. I just assumed it was something that like that's a part of our culture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like to be honest, when I think about things that are just like a part of our culture, I, I can't help also thinking about like beauty standards too, right? Mm-hmm. Like like okay, this is something that I learned on TikTok. Because honestly I feel like our podcast might end up being things we learn on TikTok, but um <laughs> there is this in South Sudan, right? Women yeah. women uh do something called uh sunbathing, right? Okay. And it's a pra- like in South Sudan apparently the beauty standard for women is to be very tall very dark have um light um white teeth and i believe short hair i'm not i don't remember about the hair but and i remember thinking being extremely dark for real like this woman was talking about how she had just finished sunbathing so she literally sits in the sun to get darker and i'm like 
is is this is South Sudan the only place in the world where this beauty standard still exists where you're not trying to become lighter but in fact trying to retain that and like you've have you seen images of like South Sudanese women they are just gorgeous They're I have really seen dark. images mm-hmm. but skin cancer aside that is very interesting I don't know if they'll get skin cancer like that though Okay, but like you still, regardless of how much melanin you have in your skin, you're not immune to skin cancer. I vaguely remember you telling me in high school, oh, I got, I'm black. It's okay. I don't need sunscreen. I wear wear it now. You wear it now, yeah. told me to wear sunscreen. (laughs) So I have sunscreen. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) But like there's still like, it's, it's still doing damage to their skin. But that's besides the point. I think. It's so interesting that beauty standards are so similar due to <laughs> colonization across the world. Yeah. Um, except but, for but that in South Sudan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could talk about the the skin cancer, but I just love the fact that, okay, so skin cancer aside, that just makes me happy to know that there's still a place in the world where, like, women are able to be dark and mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah, because like even not literally not even just the United States, even in countries where the entire population is darker skinned, there's still those skin bleaching products and there's still colorism mm-hmm. just yeah. leaching its way into society. And like it's so right. prevalent that it's just I feel like especially like as someone who grew up in India, for those of you that do not know, India was colonized by the British. And so light skin. Everyone in, like, northern India is typically lighter skinned than people in southern India, you know, because they're closer to the equator, further away from the equator. Science. (laughs) Science, yes. (laughs) Um, And so, like, literally, like, within, even within, like, Indians, there's, like, this hatred of being darker color, of, like, being more brown. Like, people are like, oh, we're Indian, we're so proud to be Indian, but then they want to be, like, as light as possible. And this isn't everyone. Like, there is education happening about how this isn't, like, how this is there's all these biases and people don't realize it but I feel like growing up I was exposed to all of this content regarding colorism and I never truly reflected on it or thought that it was wrong until I became a teenager yeah I mean even just in my own household there was just like casual colorism and I won't Mm -hmm. say that you know Cameroon is as bad as India but I will say my cousin is white now so (laughs) what did she do (laughs) um skin bleaching galore like for real like i saw a picture of her uh a couple of months ago and i was like that i don't i didn't recognize who she was she was just she was she was very white and i saw that and i was just sad because i thought about all the things that she put in her body to get that way mm-hmm. and i never i didn't think that we were that bad in Cameroon. i didn't think that we yeah. colorism had reached us to that level but it still does and we there are so many products out there with um skin brightening they'll call it brightening mm-hmm. but it's really just like lightening your skin and even my yeah. mom had us do this right i would um i remember she'd bring back these soaps from cameroon and she's and then they'd be like oh a brighter face and i was like okay cool i want my face yeah. to be bright not realizing that that bright <laughs> meant lighter so yeah bright meant lighter and it it's it's rough because you want people to do what they want to feel beautiful, but when it's mm-hmm. actually harming them and they're putting sometimes really, really harmful chemicals, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it, it doesn't feel great. Yeah. I feel like it, I feel like it's even worse when you are representing a brand that's promoting this because you're, the media that, that's out in the world, like young women are seeing it and it's just not, it's not the message you want out there. Like I know 
um, currently. So there's this there's this entire brand in India called Fair and Lovely, and they have like this whole range of products. And its only job is to make you fair and lovely because those two coincide, and you can't be lovely without being fair. Yeah. Um, and there's this whole branch. I remember like when I was younger, almost every single Bollywood actress like would do a thing for Fair and Lovely, and all those actresses, even her. <laughs> even her um and they're all receiving like clapbacks like it's it's not just them like literally american brands have skin brightening products that are available exclusively in india like garnier really garnier has skin brightening stuff but i don't believe it's sold in the united states i don't know if it'd be approved by the fda in the first place but um even if it was like it's just i don't think it's something that people here would buy just because it's not like a cultural thing but it is everywhere. Like if you walk into a store, like into a corner store in India and ask them for skin brightening products, they could give you like a shopping cart full. It's just wow. so prevalent. And there was actually, so India's, India, I feel like they're working towards this. They're like recognize that there's a problem and there are individuals working towards counteracting that narrative. Um, very recently, there was a Bollywood song where they hate on Beyonce. I heard this. I heard yes. That. So basically, there's this Bollywood song that came out, and there's a lyric in it where they say, And what that means is, after seeing you, uh, you fair skinned lady, uh, Beyonce would be embarrassed. Um, yeah. And it's just, <laughs> there's, there's no way to interpret that. that doesn't make them sound like colorist, racist, terrible do you people. Think they were, do you think they were meaning to use it, to say that it was, to use it in like a colorist manner? I think so to some extent. Like what, the only, okay. the only like caveat to this, I feel like the only nuance in the situation is that like the term Gorye, it's like, it's used to refer to like, because being fair is, is equivalent to basically being a beautiful person. Like the term mm-hmm. Gorye, it's like very common in a lot of Bollywood music. Um, just to refer to a pretty girl because she's also mm-hmm. fair. Um, so, like, it's possible they were just saying, like, after seeing you, you pretty girl, Beyonce would be embarrassed. But, like, I don't – it's just – there's so many people that go into the production of making a song. Like, I refuse to believe that so many people saw this and not and, – uh, yeah. But basically but, – but this, this is my thing, though. They couldn't, they had to go all the way across the world and pluck Beyonce yeah. to make a comp. Like, they couldn't use, like, I don't, this Priyanka is the only female actor. I'm going to use her Priyanka instead. Be like, Priyanka would be. What, what Priyanka are you referring to? She's so white. Priyanka. Her skin is so white. In Quantico, she looked darker. You, come on. Okay. Remember in Quantico, I just feel like she looked, she looked tan. Okay. I would say, like, not even tan. I feel like they could have referenced, like, maybe... I'm I'm not saying they should have, but they could. They really went all the way around the world to pick someone. I mean, maybe it was, like, because Beyonce's really big and, like, everyone knows who Beyonce is. Does the song slap or something? The song is trash, no. Oh, Mm -hmm. that makes it even worse, right? No. But basically, social media, I think brown social media did good. Like, they clapped back so so fast and like every single um I would say like every single like Indian influencer or mm-hmm. media person who works in the media that I follow personally like they said something about this and 
very rarely does Bollywood realize they made a mistake and then change, like, go back and change it. Uh, but this song was released before the movie was released, and they actually changed the lyric in the song. Okay. Um, it's like they change it to and what that means is like after seeing your uh like attitude um okay. the world would get embarrassed yeah i guess i mean <laughs> i guess but it's already um, out there but I it's mean, already out there they- and like there are actresses and actors and filmmakers and musicians and lyricists who that were involved in that yeah the worst part is, though, Bollywood is going to give him another gig. Of course. But you, when I think about that, because I don't know if you know this, but um, Cameroonians grew up on Bollywood mm-hmm. music. Um, I, I I did know this. I I met, I, I don't know about Cameroonians, but I met a Nigerian girl once who told me that she grew up listening to Bollywood music. Yeah. No, I like my parents would tell me that in when they were growing up, they would watch so many okay Bollywood movies to the point where they were a bit disillusioned when they came to the U.S. and saw brown people for the first time. Because my dad was thinking, all right, all right, Indians are these tall, light-skinned people, and he comes to the U.S. and he's like, wait a second, you guys are all my skin color. First of all, like some like there's variation, there's more variation than I thought, and y'all aren't that tall. What's going on? Because he like the image that like like. Like Bollywood was pumping into the world was like mm-hmm. the image of like you know still Indian people but just not the representation yeah. of the population, and like I think about the way that now American beauty standards are changing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have this like some people are out here trying to get lighter in like different parts of the world, but a lot of like American standards are becoming like a Middle Eastern slash like racially ambiguous mm-hmm. because that's what's cool, you know? Like I. I, I don't know, like, how true this is, but I remember reading this article about how um, Kylie Jenner, you know, like, how the Kardashians, mm-hmm. um, the Kardashians themselves, I believe they have Armenian heritage. Um, but the, the KKK. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the Jenners, um, the Jenners are not, I, I, I believe, to the best of my knowledge, they are American and they White. don't. Yes, they are white. They are very white. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw this thing of like someone did a side by side of like Kylie Jenner before she had any sort of plastic surgery and what she looks mm-hmm. like now. Um, if you and like someone did a study of the features that she has, like it was a mm-hmm. it was a plastic surgeon. Actually, it was a plastic surgeon from Iran. Um, and so they like did a breakdown of all of her features and they were like, if you look at her, like the features that she has now, they are distinctly Middle Eastern. Really? Mm-hmm. Honest, Cause okay. When I, whenever I saw the Jenner, like not Kylie specifically, I always thought that she was going for like the look of mixed girls in the U S when I say mixed, I mean like black and white mm-hmm. or like, because that's kind of what people compare it to. I never yeah. thought that it was a Middle Eastern. Okay. Okay. But I feel like Middle Eastern and biracial, like the the feature, like biracial and Middle Eastern features, they're pretty similar, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the makeup too, the makeup trends mm-hmm. kind of came because like Huda Beauty and that stuff yeah. they have like very like contouring sharp features, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's what is being adopted now. But it, it's crazy because like I see how it's now you have to like be a couple of shades darker and picking up features that you don't that we got made fun of like you mm-hmm. remember how we were getting like 
being young because i remember being a young girl right i never really hated my skin color too much Mm-mm. but there was this white girl in my class i was like in sixth grade and i was like i want to look like her i just wanted to look like her her hair was it's just yeah i don't know her eyes like her nose was different she didn't have my lips now everybody trying Mm-mm. to buy my lips <laughs> i feel like it is very casual colorism because like I myself, I am not as dark skinned as a lot of Indians, but I'm also probably not the lightest Indian you could find. I feel like I'm probably on the lighter side in terms of the spectrum. And what's like different for me is my skin has more pink undertones than yellow undertones, which Indians typically have like more yellow undertones. Um, So I could probably pass for a Latina as well. Like I, depending on who sees me. Um, I feel like I look very Indian, but I've been told that I don't. So, really, I've you know I've been told that I look Ethiopian, and I still don't believe it. But I don't know. <laughs> it's not the same. But, I, but um, <laughs> no, but like um, when I was in elementary school, so the first elementary school I ever attended was like I was the only brown girl in the entire school. Mm-hmm. I was the only person of color in the entire school until we got a girl, um, a Haitian girl, like my 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 in first grade um she moved to my school imported another color (laughs) well she (laughs) didn't she moved from new york she did not move from from haiti okay but um i remember like just seeing like i I agree with you like all the girls in my girl scout troops all the girls in my class all my friends they were like most of them were blondes most of them had blue or green eyes and they had like tiny features and I was like, I, they never were like, oh, you look different. It was like all internalized hatred. Like I was like, oh, I want to look like that. And then I grew older and like, I, you know, like the pathway to like discovering that I'm beautiful as well. Cause now mm-hmm. if I do say so myself, I'm pretty attractive. Oh, you think so, huh? <laughs> I know so. <laughs> I don't think so. I know so. Um, uh. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like it's like because colorism is so prevalent in our society, we kind of internalize it even from like an age as young as five years old. Yeah. And even especially if even if you're not told or your parents don't do mm-hmm. that at home or like they tell you you're beautiful, that you're future, yeah. you're still not going to see yourself represented in the media and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot about like young people and the push to be different. And yeah, I, I just I just think that young people now are luckier. I think that as, you know, we progress in time and they see different images of what it looks like to be beautiful, different women being put on, like, different women in media and books and whatever, it starts to change. But I I just wonder what the motivation is for a lot of women to want to adopt features that aren't theirs. Because you remember this, the fox eye trend thing that was going around on TikTok where you don't... I don't know what that you're referring to. You know, with, like, the... um, the East Asian features for eyes, like their eye shape, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of girls on, online were just now trying to adopt kind of like a fox eye to look more East Asian. And I I know how many East Asian people have been make, made fun of because mm-hmm. of their eye shape. And yeah. Like, you guys, that group mentality of not being able to see, hey, what you're doing right now isn't okay. You're adopting a trend that is kind of offensive and mm-hmm. I don't know, that. Like, that tone definitely. I wonder why sometimes we're not able to think critically when we do things like that. I feel like it's because group mentality is prevalent everywhere. You know, like, I feel like, especially for me, I know I fell into it in high school. Like, mm-hmm. when you're in high school, you're surrounded by your peers. And honestly, mm-hmm. like, the kids you see at school, they make up a large chunk of the quote unquote community that you're going to interact with on a day to day basis, even on a week to week basis. Like, outside mm-hmm. of school, 
like maybe if you do extracurriculars or you're like on an inter intramural sports team or something like that you would interact with others but usually like your school is your community right and so the people that you surround yourself with the people in your classes your friends your squad if you have one those people you want to be similar to them and so I feel like sometimes when a thought is going through one person in the in the group and like everyone kind of adopts that thought process yeah it's like how all of a sudden we all started wearing white vans not me but do you remember do you remember the look in high school for the longest time? Oh, was God. Black, ledding, black leggings, white shirt, or, like, very plain. Yeah, white t-shirt. It was, a, it was any, any long sleeve skin-tight shirt mm-hmm. um, with white bands. I, I personally, I did not believe in wearing leggings as pants in high school. You wore them. Uh-uh, I did not. I wore sweatpants. Now. I believe it. I didn't know. I do it all the time now. <laughs> um, but I did not do that in high school. In high school, I was like, I don't think leggings should be worn as pants. And I would occasionally wear sweatpants if I'd like pulled an all-nighter or if I like had a, a ton of tests that individual. day. Okay. I wore a onesie. So mm-hmm. Yeah. You know my zebra onesie I would <laughs> I would wear sometimes. God, I hope no one has pictures of me from high school. That was just really, really sad. It's literally my contact profile of you is you and your zero onesie. Um, but yeah, I feel but like no, in general group mentality, it can be applied to anything. Like not even just clothing. I feel like it can, it goes, it bleeds into more serious topics as well. Like I something I noticed recently was just bullying, right? Mm-hmm. About how bullying isn't always the you know you're shoving a kid's head in the lockers yeah or you push someone down like a lot of it can just be very subtle and it can be online because i i definitely feel like woke policing kind of becomes bullying at times Mm -hmm. especially when you're not there you're not trying to generate conversation right yeah um when I, was, I think about this like, for young people a lot, like on, on TikTok, for example, when a creator wants to talk about something like, oh, this issue really affects me or this issue, like, this is what I want to talk about. And then someone in the comments is like, but you didn't mention this, 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 and that. Mm-hmm. You didn't say this right. You did, How could you do this? You don't have the right to speak about it. It's like, well, at least they're trying, you know, at least they're mm-hmm. actually wanting to talk about it and bring attention to it. Why do you want to nitpick to show that you know more? Yeah, I I think, like, that's absolutely, like, it falls into bullying to some extent. And I feel like the problem is that in situations like this, um, particularly in situations, like, maybe where they're not just nitpicking, but where they're actually being, like, aggressive or, like, making character judgments or, like, character defamation, in instances like that, or, like, you know that feature in TikTok where you can, like, take someone's video and then film yourself in front of the video? And basically, you just, like, insult the person behind you for the entirety yes. of your video. Like, I feel like yeah. a lot of those videos, it's typically the person does not have anything nice to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's typically presented in a way that's not constructive criticism. They usually end up making character judgments as well. And I feel like, yes, while even if the person in the background is dead wrong or, like, what they said was incredibly – it just, like, was not what you agree with – if you are, if you're presenting your comments on that person in a way that is not respectful or in a way that is defaming their character, you kind of become a bully. And it's difficult to tell in situations like these because you may be in the right, like what you're saying may be right. right. But if you are taking it too far or you are not presenting your argument correctly, 
you you're becoming a cyber bully yeah especially when it comes to like when with young people and i think that that woke policing definitely fits into group mentality right mm-hmm. because every, you, we all kind of assume, okay being woke is good you want to be yeah. you wanna be aware of the topics you want to know everything and thus correcting people when they're wrong and clap backing that's also good and so we all fall into that scheme because even mm-hmm. on it, i'm not i'm gonna be really honest at first i never saw a problem with that with that duetting yeah thing, until you realize that that stuff can go viral and then mm-hmm. what if that person made a serious mistake i'm not talking about the people who you know say the n-word or who legitimately do horrible things yeah but maybe you just made an off comment that you were ignorant about and instead of correcting you in a polite manner, you just have these people being like, who does you? Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. How dare you? You're probably a this. You're probably a that. You're yeah. probably a this. And then it turns into that person maybe not even reflecting on what they've done wrong. No, because if you come at them from such an themselves. aggressive manner, like that person may not take the time to reflect on what they did is wrong. They're just going to victimize themselves and be like, mm-hmm. I'm going to ignore that. I absolutely agree with that. And I think one of the things is like, because situations like these, they're like, especially when they happen with younger individuals, because it's such like a murky situation, because why, the people, the, the, the person who's quote unquote woke policing, that person may think they're in the right and they may not even realize it if they're doing something that is, mm-hmm. that could potentially be considered bullying. And I feel like if we as a society start to accept, accept behavior like this, it won't be long before it starts to go further and further. And we see like instances that are like quite obviously cyberbullying and like we start to accept yeah. that. Because low key, would you say that in front of the person in that manner? Because you have to think about that. Because that's that's literally um, cyberbullying prevention 101. Right. Like they're always like, would you send this to your mom? Would you say this to this person in not even would you say this to their face would you dm like would you dm this to that person would you have a one-on-one conversation like a virtual like not even an (laughs) in-person situation because i feel like that is a whole nother level but would you like Mm -hmm. private message this to that person and have a one-on-one conversation where you're making character judgments about them yeah and it's weird because we think that as we grew up we're above this right like because mm-hmm. i think we see this as a cyberbullying, bullying all of that stuff that's high school that's young we don't do that anymore but i full well see college students acting a fool on the internet doing the same things that we would identify as bullying when we were young but for some yeah. reason because we're technically in the right we don't see that anymore mm-hmm. and it's also like i i feel like in college, we have a lot of pride in becoming individual people in like, mm-hmm. you know, making your own decisions, being informed about things. And yet we can't escape certain aspects of group mentality, especially yeah. when it comes to politics, mm-hmm. because there are definite moments when I'm like, I maybe have the political belief of some people, but I don't agree with the approach mm-hmm. or that or the way to like, I just don't agree with the way they're talking about it. And it feels like you can't always voice your opinion because then you're wrong. Or then they totally, they label you as like a super, super, super conservative or like a super, super, super liberal. And it's like, no, I just, I can't have an opinion anymore. Not even that. They would, I feel like the worst thing you could get called. Um, so we go to very liberal university. Absolutely. Um, it's a very liberal university. Absolutely. And if someone is voicing their opinion and maybe their delivery is just not the best like maybe it's just not the best way to receive information even if you're trying to educate someone if your delivery is off um it's just not going to be received well and if you your trump supporter <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, no no not that but like if someone's 
yelling, right? And then say we yeah. agree with them, but we're like, hey, maybe you want to try delivering this differently. You will be called a Trump supporter. No, 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 no. Or you'll be labeled as, as tone policing. Tone policing. It's oh, it's that one. It's that one. Okay. Ooh, I can go forever about tone policing because I'm the person. I'm the type of person who believes tone matters. I just am, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I think that it's really, I think it sucks though that people have to police themselves and, you know, they can't speak with emotion. I, th- yeah. I think it mainly affects black people. It always mainly affects black people because mm-hmm. realistically, we are affected a lot by, by uh, systematic racism. Yeah. That is just it. And sometimes if you finally get the ability and the space to talk and you're, you just want to yell and scream, mm-hmm. but you can't. You mm-hmm. really can't. And like, it happens, it happened like a, in june right where our uh, a bunch of black orgs wanted to talk to our president about like structural racism on campus and to be honest a lot of us didn't feel like the conversation went very well because we started using language that you know you we wouldn't use on it in front of her and it was no. like yelling and all that stuff and because of the fact that our tone wasn't right and we weren't on point with how we presented the facts she stopped listening to us yeah and the discussion went around our tone and everyone like mm-hmm. everyone was like you're tone policing you're not listening to what we're saying and she would but that's the, the strategy we have to understand that sometimes we are not in positions of power and thus unfortunately we have to watch our tone i hate mm-hmm. it i don't want to do it sometimes i want to use the foulest language in the book but is that gonna work can mm-hmm. i i want to go i want it like during the harvey weinstein stein trials yeah try whatever if i was a lawyer there, of course i'd want to call him all the all the names in the book but i get kicked out of the courtroom yeah i you would get kicked out of the room mm-hmm. and those are situations where people are very obviously in the wrong right yeah. but i feel like something with tone policing is like even in situations where maybe the person in front of you is kind of ignorant or just like doesn't have a proper understanding of what's going on sometimes I feel like in your in your attempt to educate them you may be very aggressive or you may start using mm-hmm. foul language or you may start again making character judgments yes. like don't don't call someone stupid if you're trying to get a point across if you're trying to change their if you're trying to change their opinion you can't attack them you can't because if you if you're trying to hurt them, they whatever you want to say. Yeah. But if you're trying to get them to change their mentality and you're trying to educate them, you have to come with respect. Mm-hmm. And I I think also this is something that happened. This is because of the 2016 election, right? Because I was watching old clips of the debate between Obama and McCain, and I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a second, respect? That is not like any debate what? I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> right, because now when we were when we it was first we were 2008 so we were like eight mm-hmm. or nine and then four years later we were too young to really pay attention yeah. to the debates the first one that i paid attention to was clinton and trump mm-hmm. and that was a dumpster fire and then <laughs> and then the ones with trump and biden another dumpster fire yeah but like that ability to converse with someone even though you do not agree with them even though maybe they're wrong and if you want to change their mind you have to come correct and like i think that like a lot of that tone policing the woke police and everything that came with the election yeah and i'm just hoping that like we're gonna get to a better place i can't handle this in college anymore Mm -mm. and i feel like we've seen this i feel like this is an important skill to learn in college because eventually like Yes, college is the quote unquote real world, but when we leave our very liberal campus, we will be in the workplace, in 
situations in our even in our community where we will see people with very different opinions and at our very liberal university people who do not feel the same as the group they have a tendency to not share their opinions just because they feel like they're in the minority that will not be the case when we're out in the in the real real world yeah um and we need to we need to learn how to have fruitful conversation with those individuals yeah, I mean, I think about as I'm an anthropology major, right? So the mm-hmm. classes that I am a part of, they're amazing. And we get to just talk about anything. And like, like a lot of work is being done. But sometimes I think about how the people who really need to be here are not here. These are people who are already open to ideas, to learning mm-hmm. new things and changing their behaviors or even yeah. have already changed their behaviors. And so when we go out in the real world with this education that we have, it's our job to learn how to teach each other and to come with compassion. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I, I, someone told me this like two summers ago, is that she was referring to, because um, it was like during an internship, and she was like, look, you are a person of color. We might invite guests that are older, really old white men that might say things that will offend you. But you, I'm telling you now to come with compassion and understand that there, it's a different time, a different era. And he might just not understand that he's doing mm-hmm. something wrong. And that's not and to I say that people can't change. We're not excusing their behavior, but you do have no. to go at it with compassion. Compassion. Just remember that, like, if you want to have a discussion about it, you can, but don't, you, you have to understand that maybe they don't mean it and from a different time. And so I think about that. And I think about how easy it is to offend someone too. It, it, it's very easy. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, maybe you accidentally use the wrong pronouns or you, I, I, I get the, the comment of like, where are you from? That yeah. can be very, for some people, that's something that you don't ask. Mm-hmm. And it's like, understand that as if you receive something and you, you see that the person really, truly, truly does not mean it. Yeah. Come with, have a bit of empathy. And I think that's what we're lacking today. Yeah. But I feel like. No, I think I just want to close that point with, um, do you remember my freshman college roommate? Um, the, the one who came from, (laughs) the one who came from a small town. Um, yes, her. So she, um, one of my, one of my roommates, she grew up in a really small town and I legitimately, she had legitimately never met a person of color that was not Latino until she met me. And even then, um, there was one half Mexican in her entire town. And that was the entire, like, that was it. And her school was very small. Like, she came from a very small school where you grow up and everyone stays in the same town. Very rarely do people venture out of town. And so individuals that live there have a very specific mentality. And that same mentality is what the children grow up with. Now, I'm not saying that children don't have the ability to think for themselves. But, like, if you are given certain messaging your entire lives. She wasn't rude or anything like that. She just legitimately did not understand. Like she did ask me, she's like, hey, where are you really from? And I (laughs) politely explained to her that that's probably, I was like, I feel like I'm pretty understanding with that stuff. I politely explained to her that I was like, look, that's probably not a question you want to be asking your other friends, um, especially at our school. But yes, that's fine you know like it's because she'd never like this is how you would ask that question Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i i think i I honestly that's also the thing not having diverse friends not having Mm -hmm. diverse friend groups also impacts you that way like 
I had the luxury, I guess, that we, the both of us had the luxury of being with people from different ethnic groups and different ethnicities. But there are some people out there who you're going to be the first person of color they see. You're going to be the first, mm-hmm. like, like and, and that could be a shock because you do things differently. You eat different food and, like, they might just not have the tools to communicate with you. Yeah. That's why communication is a whole major in the field of study. <laughs> <laughs> and... Not to say there are people here out here who are foul, trifling, and despicable, but there are a lot more who aren't and who just need guidance. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm being an optimist. Normally, I'm not this kind. <laughs> um, yes, but on that note, I feel like I feel like that wraps up our podcast. Yes. Now, if you'd like to know where we're from and from, from and really from, <laughs> I. <laughs> I'm Cameroonian. I'm from the Beti and the Dabun tribes. Yes. I'm from <laughs> India. I was born there and everything. Um, I'm from Punjab within India. And if you want to go further, I was born in Amritsar, which oh, is in Punjab, deep. which is in India. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to our rambling today. We really went on like a huge tangent there in the end, but we hope you enjoyed. Yeah, thank you for your time and have a lovely rest of your day. We were serious when we talked about the meeting, like, you know, emailing us and contacting us. We haven't received anything yet, so please contact us. Yes, please reach out to us (laughs) at suddenlygrown at gmail.com or DM us at suddenlygrown on our Instagram. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes.